Well, it's great to be uh, with you tonight. It's so easy for me to feel discombobulated. You know, I stand here every Sunday, but I feel like if I don't have something in my hands, it just feels strange. So just don't be alarmed if I start, you know, like miming. <laughs> you know, if this is the rest of the night, it's just, or maybe a little bit of keys, you know. Um, if you don't know, my name is Quentin Green. I have the honor, as Zane said, of being your worship leader at Shepherd's Gate for the past year. As of next week, we'll be coming up on a year, and it has been such a huge blessing to be here. Yeah. So it's been wild because, you know, there's a lot of faces that my wife McKenna and I still have not seen because of the pandemic and everything. So it's just great to be a part of a church especially in this time of coming back together where we still get to meet new faces, where I still get to have new conversations. And now tonight we get to hear about my life, which is exciting. So we're going to dive right in um, with my story and just the things that I've been going through. So, of course, I uh, watched Jim's message from last Thanksgiving, and he shared some pictures, you know, some baby pictures, some kid pictures. And then I asked, oh, should I bring kid pictures? And everyone said, you have to bring a baby picture. They need to see what you looked like when you were younger. So here we go. Boom. <laughs> Baby picture. <laughs> I wish I still had that hat. But yes, so I was born in Detroit. I grew up in Port Huron, a little bit north of Port Huron, um, all the way up until I graduated high school and left for college. So it was a great place for me to grow up. I really loved being by the water. And now that we're here at Shepherd's Gate, we're not too far from where my family still lives. So it's great. But yep, I grew up in Port Huron. I had really a great childhood. My parents were lovely. Um, we went traveling a lot in the summer because my mom was a teacher. They got us involved in sports and basically anything that my brother and I wanted to be involved in, they just ushered us into that thing. So we really had a great childhood and a lot of great family time. And you know, of course, I'll talk about music, I guess, since I'm the worship leader. Um, I remember being young, and I have a brother, he's five years older than I am, and, you know, usually during that time, I remember as a kid, anything that my older brother Ryan did, I thought was just the coolest thing ever, and I wanted to do that thing, but it's a different perspective when you're the older sibling, and everything that your younger sibling does is annoying, and you just want them to stop following you, but I got the pleasure of being the younger sibling, who got to be the annoying one and follow my brother around, so I would follow my brother around, I went with him to his piano lessons every week, and week after week, I would just be there and watch him playing, and we had a really great piano teacher, and I started to think, oh, maybe I could do something like that, and after a while, I got enrolled and was able to uh, join in the piano lessons, and I just loved the learning of it. I didn't love the practicing part. I really liked where you learned the stuff, but I didn't want to have to put in the time, which maybe some of you have experienced with instruments, but I really liked learning. I really liked playing, and so that was just kind of the genesis of my musical involvement was taking piano lessons at a really young age, and I don't get to play too often anymore, but it is really fun when I get to. And my family wasn't really uh, churchgoers. We had an extended family with a Catholic background, so I went to church maybe two times a year at a Catholic church. You know, the Christmas and Easter, you got to make sure you hit the big two, and for me as a kid, going to a Catholic church twice a year, I already knew that this was way too much exercise for me because there was kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand. And as a kid, my mom would tell me, you know, my brother and I played sports a lot, and she would ask me because they helped coach it, and she said, what was your favorite part of playing soccer? What's your favorite part when you play? And I said, snack time, and when you're out, and you get to sit. 
So, of course, that kid who just wants to be on the sideline and sit did not want to be having to do exercises during church. That was not my scene. But um, that was uh, my only experience as a kid going to church, and it wasn't until later on in elementary school that I actually had a friend who invited me from school to their church. I think it was about third or fourth grade, which was pretty big for a third grader to invite their friend from school to her church. So I remember going one Sunday to church with him, and it was just so exciting. It was a youthful church. It was non-denominational. And I remember walking in. The first thing I remember, because we were away, so worship was already going, the first thing is I just hear this resounding sound of a drum set. And I'm like, all I've ever been to is Catholic Church. And they have drums at this church. What church in their right mind would put a drum set on their stage? And I was just blown away. It was so exciting. They had electric guitars, and everyone who was standing for worship seemed really engaged. I find it interesting now as I was preparing to talk about my life and my testimony that it's been a while since I've thought about my first church experience and seen where I am today and realizing that my first introduction into a, a church that is relational, into a church that is moving, was people who were dedicated to worship, people who were involved in worship. And I just loved it right from the get-go. I remember telling my parents, we have to go to this church. You have to see what this is about. They have drums in there. You don't understand. This is not Catholic church. And wouldn't you know it, my brother at the same time, who was in middle school, he had a friend from a different school going to that church, and he had invited him the week before to go to the youth group at that church. So me and my brother come to my parents at the same time and are going, you have to go to this church. Wait, what church? That church? Yeah, the same church. And we were so excited about it, and it makes me think, this is not the point of my message, but invite your friends to church, people. Amen. Because I can't imagine what would happen if that friend didn't invite me to that church. If that just one moment where I wasn't pulled in by this worship and told our parents who had then gotten involved in that church and we were at that church for many number of years and my dad eventually was the assistant pastor for some time at that church. All of that just from one little invitation. So invite your friends to church. <laughs> invite everybody to church. Because we have drums here too. <laughs> Lives can be changed. But yes, this was the first time that really God had kind of called out to me, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the beginning of a lifelong lesson for me who didn't really know about a relationship with Jesus, who didn't really know what the whole God thing was about, but I got to slowly get those tidbits through mentors and people in that church community. And this message that I started to learn, you might know this from Jeremiah 29. It's a pretty popular verse, but I, what really impacts me is the verse right after it, but we'll read it all. So in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come, to, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now this is the part that really stuck with me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, at that time, I didn't realize, but throughout my life, all of these periods that I felt like maybe I didn't know God, all of these periods that I felt like maybe God's presence was just far away from me or I didn't have a strong relationship. It wasn't that God wasn't there. Even before I had experienced church, God was there. God was in my life. But sometimes when we feel that space from him, it's just an opportunity of him calling us to seek him out and to find him and realize that he is there and that he is moving, that he is beckoning us to have a relationship with him. 
And so at that beginning part of my faith journey, I was learning that I needed to seek God's presence. And this came up so many times in my life. And so going throughout school, middle school, and high school, I became a very hyper-involved teen. I don't know how many of you have kids who are just involved in everything, but that was me. I wanted to do everything. Boy Scouts, playing sports, being in bands, doing theater, everything I could do. And I'm sure my parents really loved driving me around for it all. Um, but yeah, I was very, very involved. Um, and around the center of that, you know, I started getting into bands. I started playing in our jazz band. I took up drums and percussion when I started middle school because it just seemed like the most exciting and you got to goof off in the back a little bit. And uh, I started learning more instruments. I really loved learning new things, even though it was really frustrating to practice and to play. But I started to pick those up, and especially at church, because the church was a great place for me at the youth group to say, hey, if you play something, why don't we put you on stage and you can learn new things and have great mentors? And that was really fun for me. So I started to play in church. I started to play for my youth group band. started to learn more instruments so that I could fill in more spots in the student band. And in that growing time, I realized that I really enjoyed moving around that stage. I really enjoyed filling in that spot. And I really started to grow a love for worship at our youth group. Normally, people nowadays, when they ask me how many instruments I play or what instruments do I play, it's really easy to do so when we're in a church or when we're in a sanctuary because I can just say, those ones, the ones that you need for church because that was my life growing up and learning new instruments. It was mostly learn the ones that you need to play for church because there's never enough people to play. So you got to move around. So that's that. And maybe a little banjo and some other stuff, but mostly the church stuff. So that's that answer. I remember in middle school, I was pretty heavily involved, and there was a certain point where our worship leader, an older guy um, for our student band, decided to leave the state and leave the church. So he sat me down and said, hey, you're really involved in the student worship band, and so you're going to lead it. Yeah, you're just going to be in charge of it because I'm leaving. And I said, have you asked anyone else? He said, no, you can do this. But he said, you know, well, I'll train you. We'll go through. I'll show you how to do it and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, in, I'm a freshman. I don't know anything. And he said, no, we'll, we'll go through. We'll, I'll show you what to do. What I didn't realize is that he was leaving the, f the following week. He was out of here. <laughs> and so what I thought was going to be maybe like some months of him showing me how to lead people was one afternoon where we sit down on a stage like this at the edge and he has a guitar and he's like, look, so the chord charts and then if a band member is doing this, you can just kind of say this. For maybe like an hour or two, we sat there and then he was like, all right, see you later. Good luck. And there was me, a freshman in high school, freaking out. I don't know if any of you have been voluntold, you know, like where you're being volunteered for something but you don't realize that you're volunteering for something. Um, yeah, that was probably the most stressful thing I've been voluntold, is that I was going to lead our youth worship band. But I grew over that, and uh, I still sometimes cringe when I think about freshman Quentin leading that worship band. But it was a great experience to start realizing the potential of relationships in a worship setting or just in a church setting and how worship can bring people together like that. And of course... Um, over the time of high school, I experienced my own tribulations, as most people do in high school, especially dumb, reckless young boys. But um, 
there was a time in my life in high school I was over anxious. I had a lot of responsibilities. Like I said, I was just so involved. And sometimes your plate can get so filled that it is just going to bust. And that was me in high school, taking on too many responsibilities. But really the, the thing that, that tipped me over the edge um, in the middle of our time in high school, we left that church, the one with the drums. We left that church uh, because of a bad break in the church, the things that you just really hate to hear about. And my family left that church that we had been to for so long. And for me, that was like, your family is gone. I mean, imagine if you had to immediately get up without warning and never see people from Shepherd's Gate again. That's what it was like. I mean, this was our family. This was the people I saw every day just about at our church in our youth group on Sunday worship team. And so I experienced a huge identity crisis. I've ex experienced some extreme loss from being pulled away from that family and feeling like, oh, well, where is God now? Because I was experiencing God with those people at the time. And during that time, I don't know if you've ever had just the right person at the right time just pop right into your life. And that's what happened to me. There was a youth pastor who came to our school. And he would come every Wednesday and he would just talk to the students, hang out with them, talk about life. So we knew each other through school and I knew the church that was kind of close to my home. And he said, why don't you just come? Come to our youth group. I know that you're not going to your church. And so I came and immediately he said, hey, I know that you're really involved in your last church. If you want to be playing on stage next week, I'll put you up on stage. Because he understood that I was experiencing such a loss from being so involved and I just needed to get right back into it. And I cannot imagine what would have happened if I didn't have that person pop into my life right at the right time to get me involved during a time where I felt so lost from being away from God's people. And it was that same thing, experiencing that distance from God wasn't necessarily that God wasn't there, it wasn't that he was not present, but I just needed to seek him out. And in that instance, it was just about seeking his people. And there's this passage here, um, Paul, in the book of Romans, is talking about how the church should act towards one another. He says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And that was what I experienced then. The Lord's people surrounding me in a time where I was experiencing that loss from our church. And during that time, it really instilled in me a love for that relational discipleship. It's where I really started to come into my own leading worship and understanding what it meant to be in a relationship of a worship leader and a congregation or with different people who are playing on a team and how that relationship is so important. And that being the years where I was getting ready to graduate high school, it really solidified my calling and my passion to be leading and to be in relationship from that mentorship when I needed it. So I graduated high school, went off to Spring Arbor University in Jackson to study, no surprise, worship arts. Um, but I also studied youth ministry because that youth pastor really instilled in me a passion for the relationship and the mentor style that he gave to me when I needed it most. And so I met some of my closest friends at school. Um, 
I really indulged in my passions. I learned more about music, about leading, about the word, and about God. But like for most people, college was a time for me to ask questions because it was the first time I had autonomy. It was the first time that I had said, let me figure out if what I believe is really true because so far I've really just been kind of trusting the people who have been mentoring me, trusting the people who are laying out the plan for me. And so it was during these college years that I really started to sit back and question. And that led into a very, very deep trench of questioning and testing my faith. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to make sure that we are assured in what we believe. But for me, it just came up more and more questions, really trying to figure out the truth of everything so that I could stand firm in my faith. And it was during this time that God called me again because I was feeling that distance due to all of these questions. But yet he pulled me back and said, you need to seek me out. And this was just a time of seeking his truth when I felt far from him. And this is what reverberated for me during that time. Now, this is a serious gut check from the book of Isaiah, all right? This is where I came out of after all of this questioning. Here's what Isaiah says. He says, to whom, you will com- to whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Now that's just him getting revved up, all right? God is powerful and I'm not. I get that. This is what he continues to say. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. This is the real one. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. It was in that time where I was just trying to get every answer. I just wanted to know so that I could stand strong in my faith, but God was calling me in that distance that I was feeling because of all these questions I have to understand that God is God, and I am not going to have all of the answers. <laughs> and the more I try, the more I have to come out the other side saying that I trust that God's understanding is so unfathomable, and I am so small in the grand scheme of this universe that God's wisdom will carry me through those doubts. I just have to trust that and know that I'm not going to get all those answers. And it was during that time of surrender, having my faith tested, asking all these questions and figuring out who the heck I am as a person, as an adult, that I was able to meet my wife, McKenna, which was the blessing that had come out of such a tumultuous time And so we met when I started college, although I was too nervous to talk to her that much. And for years, I had kind of pined after her from afar and crushed until she (laughs) finally decided to um, entertain me. (laughs) And, uh, And we became very close friends. And eventually, we fell in love. Yes. And yes, so it was during that time, um, We graduated college. The Lord answered my prayers with the relationship that I had been longing for. We'd come out of that time of questioning. And we got married in 2019. There's a picture. Aww. (laughs) So that was uh, 2019 in November, so just two years ago. 
a couple weeks ago. And uh, so, you know, now two years of marriage, I think that we can confidently say that we know everything about, about marriage. <laughs> so, cracked the case, we got it all figured out. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Okay. No, of course we have a long way to go, but it has been a huge blessing in my life to be married to her. And it was after this time of graduation and from college and figuring out where we were going next that the Lord presented with me an opportunity to start a teen center in Jackson. And so, because I had studied both youth and worship, this was just kind of one side of that, where I got to um, encounter these teens after school, take them on trips, and just be there with them for a lot of people who didn't have the family structure that they needed or didn't have a place to go after school. And it was really fun. It was a really exciting time. There's some of us. I know it's a little fuzzy on a field trip. It was a really exciting time for me to engage those teens. And I wasn't doing as much worship at the time and as much leading as I had wanted to, but it was wonderful to be able to have that relational aspect of ministry. And so, so many new things were happening. McKenna and I were just freshly married. We both had jobs. We had a new apartment together. We were growing this uh, ministry. Everything was great, and it took us all the way up until March of 2020. You can only guess what happened. The world shut down. My wife and I lost our jobs. And then we were just floating for the summer, wondering what was going to happen next. It was during that time where, you know, any time an opportunity would come up, because of the desperation, you might say, oh, this could be good. This could be a perfect situation. And then we start to pray, oh, God, if this is your plan, would you just let it be so? Let this be the situation. Let this be the city. And of course, in the back of your head, you're just going, oh, please let this be the one, because you get attached. And there was a lot of those situations where we might have said, hey, let this, let this be the place. And of course, when you trust that God's understanding is much larger than your understanding, you also have to surrender to his plans, right? And so there did have to come a time where we had to say, okay, let's just surrender to what God's plan is and wait. And let's see what God has for us, no matter what the opportunity is. Let's just pray about it and see. Instead of just praying for this situation to be right. And it was right after that season and that change during the pandemic that I got a call from Jim Jensen <laughs> saying that w they were excited to meet with me about a position at Shepherd's Gate. And look, here we are. We're here. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so it was such a, such a blessing for us in that time to go from almost hopelessness, just not knowing where to go, not knowing what plan is the right plan and then having to surrender to God's plan and then bam, God puts the plan right in place <laughs> the moment that you trust him enough with your life. And so, of course, now we're here at Shepherd's Gate. This is me and my office roommate, Kurt, our embrace. <laughs> and it has been such a huge blessing to be at this church during this time even though the world almost seems like it's crumbling around us, this has been an oasis of relationship and love, sharing the gospel, being with each other throughout this time. And even though some of us 
might be feeling like we're just trying to survive during this pandemic, just during this time in general, I think this is the stage, especially for me, where I'm looking to just be seeking God's beauty in the little things. It's really easy to get wrapped up in the voices, in the politics, in the situation in our country, or even just the busyness of our lives. It's really easy to get caught up in those things. And so I think right now, in this past season, if I've been experiencing that distance from God, he has been just pulling me right back and saying, just seek the little things that I've given you amidst all of this sea of hopelessness, all of this sea of social media or things you might see that are just really sad to look at. God says, just pull your focus onto the little things that I've put in place in your life. And so I have been. It's been amazing to be here to re-experience worship, to be with an amazing team, an awesome staff, and all of you loving people who have just continued to just pour out your love to me and to my wife as we just seek these little blessings that God has given us throughout what's been an immensely crazy time for all of us. And so I want us to think, you know, it's the night before Thanksgiving, and as we get ready for this hectic time of meeting with family or whatever that might look like for you for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, navigating all of those new rules or navigating what might be changing family relationships or just busy schedules. I want us just to be asking, are we seeking God? Because for me, every time I felt that distance, every time I felt like maybe I didn't know God, maybe I am questioning too much, maybe I'm just lost because of my separation, it has not been the fact that God has not been there. And time and time again, God has shown me that it is me who just needs to step up to my part of the relationship and just see that he is there. I just have to look for him, seek with all my heart, and you will find him. And so are we seeking God? Are we looking to where his presence might be leading us? Are we embracing the people that he's putting in our lives right now, the people that might be here at Shepherd's Gate? Are we embracing those people? Are we seeking out God's truth in Scripture, not just coming here on a Sunday and seeing it on the screen, but receiving it, believing it, asking the questions, testing our faith so that we can come out the other side and say, that we are not God and that we trust his greater understanding? Are we looking for God's beauty even through this tumultuous time? All of these little blessings that we have. Because above all else, no matter what's been going on right now, at least we get to say that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that we are forgiven, that God loves us so much. And so I would just want to encourage us tonight as we spend time with family, as we embrace the chaos of the holidays, that we just take time, that we take real time to seek God in our lives, his presence, his people, his truth, his beauty that's all around us, and to embrace it, to take a moment to bask in it, and to understand those blessings, and to let them make an impact in our life, and really let them make an impact in our actions as we go about this time.
and how we pour that love out to the rest of us. So would you pray with me as we close? Lord, I just thank you for this church. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be leading worship here, God. Lord, I pray for all of us that whatever crazy time we're going through right now, Lord, whatever might be happening throughout the holidays and with the pandemic raging, Lord, would you just help us to lay those things down at your feet? God, would you just help us to see your presence and your beauty? Would you help us to seek you out? And Lord, if there is anyone here tonight that is listening, that is feeling like they are far from you, Lord, I just pray that you would remind them that you are right there. God, I pray that you would put the people in place to encourage them to seek you out. Lord, make your presence known to us. God, I pray that you can continue to keep us safe and well throughout this season. I pray that we can see your love and your mercies in our lives. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.